It's the Simple Cocktails Podcast with Greg and Lisa Mays. This is our exploration of drinking well, entertaining, and cocktail making. And this is Season 3, Episode 3, What is a Cocktail? It only took us like a hundred something episodes to finally ask the question. I, I want to say, what is a cocktail anyway? I want to say, like, um, haven't we talked about right. that the whole time? <laughs> like every time we do this, right? What right. a cocktail is, <laughs> sort of. Okay. And and we, I've talked about pieces of this occasionally, right? But I thought let's put it all together because um, there's about five, maybe five schools of thought on what is a cocktail, and um, they all have interesting. Angles, and so I thought we would sort of explore those angles, right? And all of our listeners are new; They're, they can't be the same from the very beginning. So put it all in one space. What if they are the same? Do do they have I to stop listening? It's it's a secret. Okay, so here's where I'll start. Well, what's the best place to start? What is a cocktail? So there is a cocktail historian, and much of this is based on his research, and that's David Wandrich, right? Uh, David Wandrich has a cool mustache and long hair, and he's considered kind of the historian of cocktails. So he does a lot of research. So pretty much all of this, either I heard from him or I heard from someone who heard from him. And it's also a lot of this I adapted from him and put it in my book as well. All right. So what is a cocktail? In the early days, a cocktail was a drink you had in the morning that would cock up your tail and get you ready for the day. Right. Okay. I've heard you say that before. That's right. The morning is the perfect time right. for a cocktail. That's a fun it, well, the, the fun thing is it's actually transferred from, like, that was the most common time to drink a cocktail is in the morning. It was in the morning. There's a, there's a letter from Mark Twain that you've read mm-hmm. where it basically said, I've, I found out about this new thing called a cocktail, and I have one in the morning and one at lunch and one before bed, and I love it. And so, so that, that was the thing, right? You guys have a good excuse to drink in the morning now? Uh, Sounds good to me. Yeah, everybody's shaking their heads. So. Why not? So, so there's that, right? And then, then you kind of transfer into the name itself, right? So the easiest route to go, cocktail, would be the tail of a rooster, commonly known as a cock, right? Right. And so there's, there's two th- reasons that a rooster kind of cocks up its tail and presents itself chest out. And those reasons are to woo the ladies. Right. Or to fight a, a fellow rooster. Interesting. And so, so the idea was this was a drink that would help you do either or both of those. <laughs> okay? Help you woo the ladies or help you right. fight your fellow man. There's so many ways that this has been abused. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and so because a rooster kind of does that, presents itself... The idea was this drink was a tool to help you, you yourself, cock your tail as Which well. Which is why you would drink it in the morning. That's right. That's right. right. That sounds so sexy. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the most recent one that David Wondrich, he actually wrote about this in Esquire magazine. The most recent one he discovered he thinks may have some of the roots of cocktail is a story about selling horses. Right. And so the the story goes when horses were sold back in the day you'd want them to y- look as young and sprightly as possible right. including their tail. <laughs> and so some of the uh, gentlemen who would put these horses on display to sell them would actually take ginger root 
and insert it into the hind end of the horse. To spruce which, them up. Which would make it perk its tail right. up for the, the entirety of the sail, and then they could Where move it on. Where was Peter? I know, I know. <laughs> it just seems so unfair, right? right? And he actually believes that the act of a horse cocking its tail like that, you mm-hmm. know, again, kind of similar to the uh, rooster stuff, right? Right. Perking you up. Exactly. So the Making idea, you more attractive. Yeah, and the, you know, the common theme of all of these is it's almost all the same reason, right? It's almost like... It's different stories that lead you to the same place. Right. These will perk you up. These will sort of sauce up your spirit for the day. This will help you talk to ladies. It's, you know, you, you talk through all this and it starts to sound like a magic, magic drug. Magic pills, right, right. right. That helps you do all the things that you want to do. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the background. And then we get to the actual definition. So okay. we get, here's the name, cocktail. And it came from either a rooster, a horse, or just a person being bravado and, and being like excited. Acting like a cock. Acting like a cock, exactly. <laughs> so then we get to the actual name. The very first time that cocktail was actually defined in print mm-hmm. was 1806. And the newspaper was called The Balance and Columbian Repository. All right. A nice long... That is. Yeah, my goodness. I believe it was in New York. And, and someone wrote in a letter to the editor. Blah, blah, blah. What is this cocktail thing I've heard of? And at the time, they... Just like the name of it, they were uh, hyphenating it, cock-tail. Okay. What is this cocktail? And so the balance wrote back and, and defined cocktails as we know it, really, because this was the first time it was ever in print. And they said a cocktail was stimulating liquor, stimulating, mm-hmm. right? Right. Composed of spirits of any kind, sugar, water, and bitters. Wow. And so uh, the the cool thing is... You can actually read that and say, oh, that's a that sounds like a... Uh, old-fashioned. It sounds like an old-fashioned, right? right? And, but if you read it really carefully and you start to think about things that are out there, drinks that are made, you start to think, well, that can't define all cocktails. Right. The, what's the big... You notice the biggest thing it's missing. Any, any hints? Here's a, here's a hint. Citrus. Citrus. Right. It doesn't say anything about citrus or juice. That was hard to get by back back then, though, right? Everyone was walking around with scurvy then. That's right. Right. Yeah, everyone had scurvy (laughs) in 1806 because they had no access to citrus. Right. Yeah, so obviously it leaves out citrus, which, you know, lucky us, we can get it year-round regardless of where we live. Right, right. So that's a big thing. Citrus is a very seasonal and very localized thing. I, I would guess that... Citrus started making its way into cocktails in California, where it basically grows like a weed. Um, so, so you had that problem, right? This is written in New York. You didn't have citrus laying around. And then there's some other stuff that just kind of don't count in this list. Uh, think about something like uh, Bailey's Irish Cream. Right, right. A cream liqueur. I guess you could sort of say that that's a sugar, right, mm-hmm. in this list. Spirits, sugar, water, and bitters. But it's like also a cream. So you get into these kind of new categories of spirits that right. really don't count. But you can see like the the whole basis of everything, where it was started from and how it's evolved. That's right. Into crazy stuff that yeah. is sometimes outlandish, but we yeah. still love it. That's right. That's right. Uh, you're exactly right. You can see how this evolved. And you can look at this and say, yeah, that's pretty good. That's actually a cocktail. And the other thing I noticed too looking at this is you think about some of the dark ages of cocktails, the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I have a... I've, I I've consider this, those to be the fun ages, I know, though. I know. <laughs> I've mentioned this from time to time. I have a cocktail book from the 90s, and there isn't a single recipe in the book that has bitters. Yeah. When, when you know, that's like, 
unheard of right. in the craft cocktail movement. Right. Bitters are essential for every no, cocktail nobody almost. Needed it. Yeah. Why? So so that you makes know, my you, margarita taste funny. Right. <laughs> okay. Don't be don't get crazy with me. <laughs> yeah, so so that's an interesting thing too is is I think a lot of people in the current craft cocktail movement looked at writings like this and said, okay, that's where we gotta focus our right. stuff. And right. that's the most earliest thing that you guys can find. Yep. In uh, on making a cocktail, also didn't wasn't there some considered like as prescriptions from doctors? Yeah, you well, know that's what that's what they would use cocktails for. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. So they would especially bitters. So yes. mixing bitters with with alcohol, that's how you would sort of cure your ailments. You right. know what I mean? That sort of thing. Right. I've seen pictures of really old bitters bottles, and it you know it looks like a snake oil thing like here's all the promises we can make if you just have a few drops of these aromatic bitters right. you know it's right. got this bark and that bark and you know all sorts of things that could cure you which funny thing gin is a little bit like that as well it is because gin has a lot of yeah it has all these botanicals that help you with this and help you with that so yeah it's funny how so you look at this definition you think about drinking culture and you realize, wow, these are things that are totally disagreed upon today. Right, right. But back then it was like, you have a drink in the morning, you'll feel great. That's the way we do coffee now. But you have a drink, you know, have some alcohol before you head out the door. You'll right. feel, you'll work better. You'll be sharper. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then just the definition of a cocktail, right? Right. This is a pretty old-timey definition and, and it's not necessarily 100% holding water to this day. As you know, Simple Cocktails is sponsored by Sugarlands Distilling. Not only should you visit sugarlandsdistilling.com, but you can also visit their distillery in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They've had 3 million visitors there in three years, and their distillery is the highest-rated distillery experience in the U.S. They offer samplings, free tours, and all sorts of fun. For more information, visit sugarlandsdistilling.com. So let's make a drink with this... uh theory here or this uh, definition of cocktails. What do you say? All right. I'm just sad that it's not eight in the morning. Next time, maybe we can listen to this at eight in the morning and then and then make drinks. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to make a drink we've made before. I'm going to make a drink we've made once before, at least once or twice on the podcast. Okay. This is an old fashioned. Oh. But I decided to, to give it a little bit of a twist, make it something different, something unique, because I want you to hear how this definition works with modern ingredients. Okay. Okay. So here's here's the definition again. Spirits of any kind. Okay. Sugar, water, and bitters. All right. Okay. So we're going to apply that. So the spirit of any kind we're going to use is Evan Williams bourbon, one of my faves. Uh, the sugar we're going to use is a liqueur. This is Bessemim uh, aromatic liqueur. It tastes like fall. It tastes like tastes cinnamon like and clove. And May I smell? It's, yeah, it's amazing. Okay. And then, uh, so then the question is, where is the water? We have a little bit of water in the glass, but mainly the water is in the ice. Right, right, right. It's a hot day in New Mexico. Right. So The confusing thing is you hear water and you think, well, why would I want to add water in my cocktail? But if you remember, nowadays that pretty much means ice. Right. Back then, did you have ice in 1806? not really. not really. Uh, So... Today, that means ice, though. And then uh, we're going to use bitters. We're going to change it up again. Instead of using Angostura uh, aromatic bitters, I'm going to use Hella bitters, orange bitters. Okay. So uh, bourbon, we're going to use an aromatic liqueur, and then we're going to use some orange bitters. All right, let's okay? do it. So we're going we're gonna to test this out here. 
Because I'm making four, I'm making it in a mixing glass so that I can just stir it and pour it. Right. Okay. Is this normally built? Yeah, you normally build an old-fashioned in a glass. Okay. But we had a party last week or the week before, and I made several this way, and I was like, I love making them this way. Because <laughs> it's so, so easy. much easier. Right. So uh, we're going to throw some of this besameme. We're going to do about half an ounce. Okay. So That uh, smells really good, by the does. way. It does. It smells amazing. Here's the way it shakes out. It's two ounces of your spirit. Right. It's two or three shakes of bitters. It's uh, about half an ounce or less, depending on who you are, of your sugar, which usually it's simple syrup, but it's fun to use a liqueur every once in a while. It is, yeah. Because it adds just a small amount of flavor. And then I'm going to stir it in a big cocktail glass, but if you're making it for yourself, just stir it with ice in your own glass. Now, would you say that the old-fashioned is a drink that you drink uh, during the fall? It tends to be, because it's made with a brown right. liquor, usually. Although, you know, I used to love me a gin old-fashioned. It was my first love in the world of craft cocktails. Right. Yeah. So, it sort of depends, but I think the aromatic bitters, in general, um, sort of just make it this richer experience. And lately, I've just been drinking gin and soda water. I mean, it is just so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. It's a little filling more, too, compared to gin, you know? It is, yeah. And how about a, a garnish? Do you need me to do anything? Let's do that. So I'm going to go full on with the garnish right now. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an old-fashioned garnish the way I did it. I cannot take credit for this garnish. Okay. Uh, I, although I would love to. I experienced this garnish firsthand for the first time at Canon in Seattle when I got a gin old-fashioned from them. So what I've got is a... I've got an orange, and I've got a vegetable peeler. Oops, too small. And what I am doing is peeling some swaths of orange. So probably about an inch and a half, two inches long, as wide as I can get them. And I'm going to make one for everybody. And then here's what they did for me at Canon, and I just, I thought it was beautiful. Canon is always in competition for the largest whiskey collection in north america really i think they currently have it they mm -hmm. have a basement downstairs it's a very small bar but they have a basement downstairs where they have their whiskey collection so here's how i do my old-fashioned garnishes you take your orange swath and you wrap it around a cherry and then put the pick through both ends of the swath and the cherry and then I sort of uh, just rub the edge of the glass. Oh, with look it at you! And drop it. That's in. so sexy. So fancy, huh? <laughs> you love it. you love rubbing the edges of the glass. That's your style. depending on the person. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Everyone gets one, isn't that? I'm going all out with the garnishes. Tonight. Right. Yeah, that's great. I think that's like one of the prettiest cocktails to photograph. Yeah. And it probably has a lot to do with the the garnishes. The garnishes, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's a fun way to make it. So everybody start making it this way at home. All right. Here we are. That's it. Old fashioned. Old fashioned. Okay. Cheers. Let's uh, cock up our tails. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 8 a.m., everyone. Mm. Wow. That is great. Mm -hmm. You can taste that meme a lot. Mm -hmm. Peppery, spicy. Mm. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Yeah. Uh, so the thing about that liqueur is I've almost drank it all. That's why I have just a little sample bottle for, from it still. But this is great. <laughs> yeah. That liqueur yeah. again 
Bessa meme, it's called. It's made by Suka Hill Spirits. Mm-hmm. They're out of California. I've met their owner. He's a super nice guy. So they make this, and then they make one called Etrog, which is a citrus like a lemon um, that during, especially holiday time and stuff, the Jewish population really loves that citrus. And so mm-hmm. he made a whole liqueur out of it. I've been using that Etrog in um, Tom Collins. Instead mm-hmm. of simple syrup, yeah. I use that lemon liqueur with the lemon juice. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. It's like a lemon explosion. What do you think, Lise? That's great. It's pretty good. That is really good. Cheers, that's right. Cheers, salud. So hopefully you learned something today, right? Uh, We talked a little bit about uh, the cocktail, where it got its name, what it actually is, and then we drank... Uh, what some may say is the most sophisticated cocktail known to man. Right. right. Uh-huh. I love I love the fact of uh, learning just how much machismo is involved with the history of cocktails. Like literally, the name has to do with like being macho. exactly, yeah. exactly. Guys, guys ruin everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Or we make it better. I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty good drink. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, guys. I'm uh, Greg Mays. I'm the managing editor of SimpleCocktails.net. And I'm Lisa Mays. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Cheers.